what's going through this interrogator's mind this whole time is literally, how can we charge this guy with something? Is this a crime? Is that a crime? Wait a second. This doesn't add up. What about that? They're looking for a crime to charge him with. Welcome back to the Shake Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Van Shake, and no co-hosts, of course. Okay, so I'm recovering from Rona. Finally hit me. It finally hit me. Um, I'm not positive it is Rona. I just never got checked. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I just really felt pretty bad for at least one day and then still recovering from like a cough. So just getting over that. And I am vaccinated, believe it or not. Still, I got it. So I got uh, three vaccines, three of them. That's what you get when you travel, flying in a tin can, eating pretzels and getting Corona. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And if you're watching, we have dimmed the lights. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of a, a cool vibe type of feel in the studio here. It, it's not so bright and blinding. It looks even more like an alien spacecraft, like I was abducted and I'm broadcasting across the universe here. So there's a few interesting cases going on and we're going to be talking about them in some of my channels and we're going to be updating you across my channels and specifically here on the podcast. We have a case that was quite interesting that the actual ring doorbell footage was released as well as the interrogation footage. So what we're going to do is talk about the case of Mitch Duckrow and he is about a 55-year-old man from Ohio, USA. Pretty rural area, it seemed like. And he has a daughter who's about 22 years old. She starts dating a guy named James. James uh, took a liking to her. They kind of dated. They were friends. They kind of not dated, I guess it seemed like. And then eventually his daughter... Uh, Mitch's daughter decided not to see him anymore. James doesn't think it's over. So what he does is tries to continue to talk to her, tries to continue to contact her, follow her around, stalk her, where eventually it leads to this point here where the ex-boyfriend James drives over to her house where her whole family lives as well and tries to break into the front door of the house. So naturally, you you know, you're in your home and you see this guy breaking in and I think you know they they did recognize uh James, but still, like it's can be quite dangerous. Hey, what is this guy doing? You don't necessarily even know that he may not be armed. You know, you don't even know if he has a knife, he has a gun. You don't know. So he breaks in. He starts uh pushing his body weight into the front door. So let's watch the video and break this down. So the first thing is, is that the mother and the daughter come back from, I think they had like some kind of brunch with friends in town and they just got back and apparently the ex-boyfriend was stalking them during the whole time or at least partially stalking them during their time out uh, because as soon as they get home, he follows right behind them. I guess it could be a coincidence, but doesn't seem like one. It seems like he was stalking them. And trying to, you know, stalk the girl. So here they are. Uh, the first lady here, of course, that seems to be the mother. And then pause here. 
that's the daughter here. Close the door. And they seem to lock the door. Based on the interrogation, it seems like at this point, the, the kid, James, who arrived in this car right behind, I guess, their car here, uh, actually went into the garage and spoke briefly to the father saying, hey, I want to talk to your daughter, blah, 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 because I think the father was in the garage. The father, you know, of course, tells him like, hey, I don't think she wants to see you. Go away. And he doesn't do that. Instead, walks apparently onto the sidewalk and onto the porch to go and talk to the daughter. He's like, hey, he's coming back. Okay. And it sounds like that's the daughter to say, hey, he's coming back. Nope, 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 I'm coming. James, she doesn't want to talk to you. This kid seems to be, I think, 22 years old, if I recall. So he's not, like, that much of a kid. He continues to hit the doorbell. Sounds like the father then gets involved and says, James, no. And James is like pressing his body weight into the door to try to open the door and try to get through. You know, I mean, that's the thing. When when you have somebody trying to break into a house, all right, chances are it's not going to go well. You know, they're not going to just all of a sudden just enter the house by breaking in and be like, hey, I just want to talk to somebody. <laughs> I just want to talk to your daughter. Okay, let's all sit down and have dinner now. You know, you're invited. We're just about to have dinner. <laughs> we didn't really want you in and you happen to break in, but now that you're in, why don't you sit down and have some dinner and, you know, you can pretend that she's not mad at you. <laughs> this is not how this works. This is always going to end bad. You're really asking to get shot. You're breaking into someone's house. You pretty much have to expect that you're going to get shot. That's my opinion on that. You know, <laughs> you can ring the doorbell, but as soon as you start to break into someone's house, it becomes a real problem. Okay, so now he's really trying to break into the house, you know, pressing all of his body weight into it, kind of shoulder jamming it. Um, uh, like shoulder checking the door to uh, break through that the front door lock. If you don't know, front doors are not nearly as strong as a lot of people think they are, especially the lock. People think, oh, I put the deadbolt lock on the front door. There's no way people... Actually, that's how criminals get into your house usually. It's not always you know, just sneaking in through the side window that's cracked open and barely getting in and, oh, I should have closed that window. No, a lot of times it's just the front door. They just walk up to the front door, give it two or three good kicks, and the door will usually cave in at that point. He keeps going. I hear the father Mitch say, I have a gun. <laughs> at least even just through the ring doorbell. So, this guy, James, surely has heard that from the father saying, I have a gun. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're just an idiot. And then it seems that as soon as the door starts to break through and break open, the father lets go of about three rounds. 
three rounds, and I think uh, some of them hit uh, the kid. He goes, runs to the side of the house, and uh, is not feeling very well. And actually turns out, believe it or not, the kid died. So the father, Mitch, shot James with three rounds in a 9 millimeter handgun. If it were me, I would check on the kid. I would have my gun on me, but I would check on the kid to see if I can do anything to help. I didn't really see this kid as a threat at this point, laying on the driveway like that. So the family's apparently afraid to go out there and the neighbor stops by and is like, hey, what's going on? You have a kid like laying in your driveway. What's going on over here? says, yeah, I have no gun. Don't do anything. He's, he's, trying, he's trying to break in and get to our daughter. Okay, well, he's not moving. He will have a gun. He broke our door in. Trying to get into our, trying to get to our daughter. Our daughter is busted in. Okay, hold on. Did you shoot him? Yes. Okay. <laughs> the guy's like, whoa, he took a step back, kind of like, oh, snap. He's, he actually got shot. So he goes and... Call the... Call the... It's hard to know. We're on the phone with him right now. Okay, he's not moving. He's, he, he's, he ain't going nowhere. I don't know. I heard five shots. Like, no, three shots. He, he broke into our door coming in after our daughter. But my husband shot... He took Marilyn and right behind me and my daughter in the car. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so we got in here and he wouldn't leave. We kept telling him to leave, to leave. Saying that, hey, we told him to leave, but he wouldn't leave. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're... Oh, my God. He's I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Obviously, this was a, this was a, that screen of, was he dating her? They dated a long time ago. It was a long time ago. I think. scene if i shot somebody especially if i kind of knew the guy you know i i would go out there with my gun and see if i can save his life you know if i saw that he was dying i'll be like oh my gosh I, no I, I mean even though you broke into my house i still want you to live but what would you do would you try to possibly save the kid do what you can uh or would you just want to stand back and stay locked in your house and just wait until the police arrive to handle the situation if it were me I would try to help the kid. But here is the interrogation of Mitch Duckrow after those events happened. 
Let's watch and we'll break it down. So apparently Mitch is uh, quite flustered because of what happened. He's breathing heavily. Okay, again, my name is Detective Mark from the Sheriff's Office, okay? Um, real quick, I understand your name is Mitch Ducro. Do you have a phone number, Mitch? And Mitch, it's just our policy, okay? Anytime we bring somebody in here, I gotta read what's called Miranda rights. So he reads them the Miranda rights. And with those um, rights read in mind, like again, like I said, it was just, it's just our policy that we gotta read those to everybody we talk to. Are you still willing to talk to me today? Yeah. Were you um, aware of the text messages that James had sent your daughter last night? I uh, was not. Okay, so your daughter did not share those with you? No. Okay, all right. Um, or it wasn't text message, I'm sorry, voicemail. That I just now heard about. Okay, standing up his door. So you weren't aware of it. Um, I probably went to let her leave yesterday or this morning. Okay. Okay. So apparently James was sending voicemail messages to his daughter. Hi, Ali. It's James. I just uh, wanted to reach out to you um, because I uh, I just wanted to uh, see how you're doing. It's been a while since I've talked to you and. I feel like it, uh, I don't know what I feel. I do know that, I do want to talk to you though. I do. It'd be nice. It'd be sweet. What happened? Make the coffee, cut the cup, go down on my computer, like I do every weekend. Just get on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I was watching some Netflix. They was talking over the ring, telling him to leave. They don't, she don't want to talk to you. Was that over like the phone or? I think they were using Or were they just yelling through the door? No, I think it was through the phone. Okay. Through the ring. Okay. You know, it's got the voice thing. And they were... It's good to bear with me. You're fine. You're fine. They were just doing everything they could to make sure that he would leave. And that we didn't want him here. Um, That's pretty accurate. We saw them saying, hey, she doesn't want to talk to you. Go away. No, James. I ended up going around garage door, opening it up, and walking around, and he's just standing there with his head down. And I said, James, I don't know exactly what I said. I know I said his name. You need to leave or something like that. But he would just, he wouldn't acknowledge me. Didn't even budge. That made me kind of nervous. So you you opened the main garage door? The house garage door. Okay. And I walked around. You walked around to the front porch and said, James, you need to leave? Yeah. Okay. You need to go or leave and or something. And he didn't acknowledge you or anything? Like I wasn't there. Okay. So what That's happened? when I got nervous and I went back in, shut the garage door, made sure he didn't Fall sneak in. in. So it's shut. Went in, got my nine. Where was that at? On my, my side of the bed in the nightstand. Okay. Was it in a drawer? Yeah. Okay. Do you always keep it fully loaded just for personal protection? Or, okay. Do you know um, what kind of bullets you had in the gun? Um, self-defense. Just like ball ammo or was it um, like a whole point? It was held a point. Okay. 
here's the thing. You know, Mitch is talking to the police because he probably feels very anxious, just wants to get this all over with, doesn't want to get involved. He just wants, you know, his life to be back to normal. Probably feels a little bit of guilt um, and wants to kind of clear this up because it makes him very anxious. However, police officers uh, in this type of situation aren't talking to you just to, you know, just to see what happened. Because they're curious. This police officer, interrogator, detective is interrogating Mitch Ducrow because he's trying to see if a crime has occurred and if they can actually charge him with anything. They're not just curious. They're not just like, oh, well, you did everything right. Don't worry about it. So this is just, you know, just just for our diaries. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're trying to see if they can charge him with, with an actual crime. Um, so that's the thing. You always have to be very, very, very careful when speaking to the police in this type of setting. Personally, I think I would always ask for a lawyer anytime I'm questioned by police. It's just not worth it. <laughs> it's just not worth it. You can really screw up a lot of things for yourself if you just even imply the wrong thing. Then all of a sudden they have a case. It's terrible of what they can do. Not all the time, but you kind of almost have to assume that they will. As much as you may want to speak to the police for obvious reasons, because you want to feel like you're clearing your name, you want to feel like you can move past this, you feel like you didn't really didn't do anything wrong. What's going through this interrogator's mind this whole time is literally, how can we charge this guy with something? Is this a crime? Is that a crime? Wait a second. This doesn't add up. What about that? They're looking for a crime to charge him with. After you um, grabbed a gun from your bedside table, what happened? I went back out, and they were still trying to get him to leave, and he wouldn't leave. And I was, as soon as I, I was standing there, there was debating on whether to call 911. I said, do it. Where were you guys standing at? Right there by the um, table. The, the kitchen table? Yeah, okay. the big one. Kind of in that opening there, there was a little bit more towards the bedroom. I said, call them. I want, I want somebody to get here. And, they can take care of us and get him out of here. But then I noticed all that talking, trying to, they wouldn't acknowledge, and then I saw him starting to jiggle the, the handles and stuff. This interrogator is literally trying to decide with the chin stroke, leaning forward, listening very intently. He's trying to decide if a crime had occurred. Saying if it was locked, and that's when I went up to the door. You know, kind of wanted to make sure he didn't force his way in. So while he was jiggling the handle, you went up to try to open the door shut. I'm pretty sure I was telling him to stop and leave and get off my porch or something. But I had my nine in my hand at this hand, and he then he started hitting it with the shoulder pretty hard to where he saw what he did yeah. eventually. And once I realized he was getting in and the door was open is when I shot. Okay. Did you shoot through the door? I or shot through the window? Through the window part of the door because the door was open and he was coming in. So he was pushing his way in yeah. and I you shot. I had my socks on so I couldn't. I didn't have no grip. Was he kind of pushing you back as you were trying to yeah, hold him? he was moving me. Okay. That's when I, at first I wouldn't, I was trying to shoot but my clip wasn't in. Okay. And then I freaked out and I finally did that, did another rack and then he was pushing hard and that's when I, the 
gun fired, I think three times. Did you go outside to, and you said you saw him laying there or something? So he, he was he, he completely the, around the corner. Okay, but you didn't leave the porch. Did you come out on the porch at all? I did not. I didn't want to touch anything. Okay, so that was Mitch's reasoning of why he did not go outside and try to talk to him, help him, or anything like that is because he didn't want to touch anything. He didn't want to, uh, I guess, contaminate the crime scene. Were they kind of serious? Or? I think they were friends for a while, and then they went out for a little bit. It didn't, didn't quite work out. This was a couple years ago. Okay. And L.A.N. didn't want to see him anymore for some reason. I never got involved in that. I understand. But then I guess he moved to California for a little bit, and then he just he did come back. And then... For two years, they didn't text or talk, I guess, until last night. For two years, they didn't talk or text until just that last night. I mean, for someone to not really talk to someone for two years and all of a sudden is like, oh, well, I have to see you and uh, I have to break down your door because I just have to see you. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, I'm assuming daughters don't want to talk too much with their dad about that kind of stuff. Um, I can't imagine what you're going through So when the interrogator says something like, can't imagine what you're going through. Can't imagine what you're going through. Have you ever heard an interrogator do that? You know why they do that? Yes, it is to get you to talk about your feelings about the crime. Are you sad? Are you joyful? Are you reluctant? Are you disappointed? You know, like, what feelings are you feeling? And that really says a lot about what. Yes, it says a lot about the subject's intent of what happened. And intent actually does matter. Um, you know, if you can prove intent, hey, this person intended to cause harm, then it's a lot more than someone who accidentally caused harm. So what he's ideally looking for in the subject is for you know, Mitch to say, hey, you know what? I'm glad he's gone. Did this father kill this boyfriend because he just didn't like that guy around his daughter and wanted to get rid of him? And this was a good opportunity. Hey, you're breaking down the door. You shouldn't do that. Oh, well, bam, bam, bam. Okay. That's what this interrogator is looking for. He's looking for intent. And that is specifically here is why he asked and said openly and is looking for a response from Mitch over here. Ah, oh, and I can't imagine what you're going through today. And he didn't just say it and then followed up with another question. He paused and looks at Mitch for a response. Horrible. And then Mitch gives the right answer horrible as opposed to saying you know what kid deserved it kid deserved it coming around my place like this and over like this blah 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 if he says that then all of a sudden this interrogator is going in attack mode horrible and the interrogator pauses just let mitch speak just let him keep speaking. What else is he going to say? Is he going to incriminate himself? Is there anything you can remember maybe you want to comment about the incident? You love the open-ended questions. That's about all I can think of, really. He's looking to, for him to say something 
bad about the kid because what they're trying to do is possibly piece together evidence, not saying they'll have the evidence, but at least have the opportunity to see if they can to piece together evidence that would suggest that Mitch did this intentionally and was happy that it happened. And knowing the facts of the case and knowing what we know, Mitch is actually telling the truth. There's really nothing to it, you know? Um, It sounds like the father didn't really know the kid very well at all. Um, Just knew that maybe he was just around and texting her and leaving voicemail messages here and there, but didn't really know too much of him. Didn't really have a uh, any type of negative relationship with the kid didn't seem like that. So it's just a really unfortunate incident where the kid was stupid enough to try to barge into someone's home and apparently thought he was going to make it out alive. Do you happen to know after you, you fired those three shots, do you happen to remember what you did with the firearm? Yeah, I put it on the kitchen table. On the kitchen table. Okay. And then, um, when the, when law enforcement got there, did they, I'm sure they probably secured the gun yes, or something. They did. A lot of people just don't understand law enforcement's workflow. It's all based on cases. And, you know, this is a case. Are we going to charge him with something? See if we can charge him with something. And maybe talk to this person to see if we can charge him with something. Like, it's all based on cases to see if they can charge someone with something. It's not to see if they could exonerate you. (laughs) They're literally looking to see if they can charge you with something. Uh, And, you know, maybe you're not going to be charged. But again, it's either charged or not charged. Very similar to guilty or not guilty. Remember, they're looking at it as a case to prove guilt, not to prove innocence. They're not trying to prove that you're innocent. They're trying to prove that you're guilty. But if they can't prove that you're guilty, then they're going to assume that you're innocent. (laughs) Is there anything else you'd like to talk about, Mitch? Like I said, today we're just covered, trying to cover our bases, okay? He was able to walk free after a grand jury acquitted him of any wrongdoing. Uh, it was eight to one. So he is a free man, good to go, because of what is called the Stand Your Ground and the Castle Doctrine in Ohio. Personally, the way I kind of see it, I would be less likely to use lethal force on somebody that has broken into my house if I if it was just me. But if it was my family, I think I would be much more likely to use lethal force, kind of like what Mitch did. Because if you feel like someone's going to hurt your family, then all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's even worse than hurting you. That's how I look at it. Where if someone was coming after me, I may just, you know, try to shoot at the ground or shoot around him just to kind of scare the person off. But if someone's coming after my family, I may not be taking that risk. And I'll probably, you know, make sure that the person is not going to be able to do what I think they may try to do. And what about you? I mean, would you do that? Would you use lethal force if you felt your family was in danger? I think a lot of people would. And I think that's where this guy was. He felt his family was in danger and was like, heck, I am not going to take any chances. I'm going to make sure that I protect my family. But as we talked about, it's always important to know that police officers look at things in terms of cases, you know, and as far as a case goes, you're not 
you know, innocent or not innocent. They're not trying to prove innocence. They're trying to prove guilt. Always know. And even though Mitch got out of this one, he was pretty dangerously risky as far as talking to the police officers because he says the wrong thing, suggests the wrong thing, then all of a sudden they have a case and it could be really bad. And always strongly consider getting a lawyer because, you know, as much as someone wants to be able to prove their innocence and just make it all go away and I just want this to go away and I don't think I did anything wrong, I didn't do anything wrong, if you just hear my side of the story, it doesn't matter trying to do is just trying to build a case against you. So yes, it's always important to be very realistic about the justice system and to know how it actually operates. And if you want to take the risk and talk to the police, go ahead. But if you want to take, you know, the safer side of things, you probably want a lawyer before you start talking because the wrong move, say the wrong thing, you can get yourself into a lot of trouble. And you could spend a lot of years of your life possibly trying to defend something that could have been all avoided if you just would have gotten a lawyer. But it's up to every individual what you want to do in your own situation. So if you're not already subscribed, remember to hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss out on new Shake Podcast where we talk about these current event topics and more conversational detail involving body language, behavior, and psychology. We are everywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple, Google, Spotify. You can watch the show on YouTube. Everywhere you get your podcasts, that's where you can get the podcast shaked. That's what we got for you. See you at the top.